Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. Today's topic is Meaning of the National Day of Prayer. Please welcome Rev. Thomas Perchlick of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. I am Rev. Thomas Perchlick, minister of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. We are a congregation that has always valued highly being involved in the world. Our religion is focused upon the world, being in the world, being in community and seeking community and building just and equitable and compassionate community. And the question I want to ask you this morning, the question I want you to think about is, How important are civic virtues for the religious life? Especially, I want you to know, I want to know how civic virtues will shape your response to the National Day of Prayer. There are some people who do not think that civic virtues are as important as, for example, the purity or the dominance of their particular faith. They want to observe the Day of Prayer with religious ceremony that upholds only their particular faith. There are others who do not think such virtues are important at all. They will not observe the National Day of Prayer in any way, especially not in any public way. But there are some, including me, who believe that the disciplines of community, the virtues needed for the smooth running of a democracy, for the creation of justice in this world, these virtues are essential. I believe they are vital not only for the well-being of our nation, but also for the integrity of the religious life. Now let us be clear. The federal government has no authority, no constitutional purpose in any way to prescribe any religious activity. In our country, religious leaders, religious people, are free to choose the activities that they believe are most fitting. And so the National Day of Prayer is not mandated by our federal government. The activities of it are not mandated. It is simply a day that the federal government, our national leaders, have encouraged us to pray for the nation, to pray for our national leaders, to pray for civic leaders. One of our earliest presidents, Thomas Jefferson, refused the request of his friends and colleagues to set aside a single day of prayer for the whole nation. He argued that since he was a civil officer, he had no purpose, no right, to tell people what to do in their religious lives. And I agree with him. In fact, Thomas Jefferson felt that for the President of the United States to make any religious proclamation would be to accuse the religious leaders of the land of having failed their purposes to lead the people. For the President of the United States to act for them would be a mandate against the religious leaders and undermine religious integrity. And so he declared no national day of prayer. Be that as it may, most U.S. presidents have gone on and set a national day of prayer. But then in 1986, under pressure from very politically active Christians, the Congress and President Reagan signed a new law setting the day of prayer to the first Thursday in May. 
Federal government did not specify in this act why they thought only one day of prayer was needed. And certainly those who value prayer, those who think prayer is of importance and power, would not want to restrict their prayers only to one day. The stated purpose of setting this day was to encourage national unity. The group of Christians who encouraged the passing of this law formed National Day of Prayer Task Force under the leadership of Shirley Dobson, the wife of the famous Dr. Dobson of Focus on the Family Ministries. In Muncie, inspired by this group, Mr. Bill Keller decided to hold an event in observation of that day on the Muncie City Building steps. And for many years, he invited civic leaders who also happened to be Christian, such as the mayor, the fire chief, and other people, to come to speak and to pray at an event that he organized. But then, just over two years ago, some Christian ministers who were at the event that Mr. Keller had formed became quite uncomfortable. They became uncomfortable with Mr. Keller's speeches and what he said about religion in America. They felt that this event was being presented as a civic observation, but that it was not in any sense expressing a civil or civic attitude, but one that was exclusive, one that was intolerant, one that represented a very narrow point of view. The ministers who were uncomfortable with this particular event had been part of a group that I had gathered together, a group of some 15 clergy from different religious communities across the city, an interfaith fellowship or at least an, an inter-ecumenical fellowship, inter-Christian fellowship, a group of ministers from very divergent traditions who nonetheless came together for support, mutual support, to seek mutual goals and ideas. In the past, they'd found common ground, especially when our nation was attacked on September 11th the terrorist attacks on our nation, we decided that we would bring together across faith boundaries. And this was one of the first interfaith events in many years in Muncie and formed and provided the seedbed for what became the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship. So when the ministers who attended the Day of Prayer two years ago and, and found it disconcerting in the way that it was organized, came together. Their idea was that they wanted to have a more inclusive, a more civic nature event. So they got together, several of them, including myself. We went to the mayor, asked who was in charge, found out that it was Reverend Bill Keller, went to his organizing meeting. There were two ministers, one from the Lutheran tradition and one from the United Church of Christ, and we attended four meetings to plan the day initially. At the first three meetings, we stated very clearly we wanted to create a civic event, a citywide event that included all the faith of the city. We wanted to include the prayers of Jews and Muslims. We wanted to include the prayers of others. And Mr. Keller said over and over again that he didn't want to exclude anyone, that he wanted the day to be inclusive. He encouraged us, but he was resistant on pinning things down to details. Finally, at the third meeting, as we were trying to get him to, to agree to some way of including Jews or Muslims in the meeting, he balked. And, 
and said that he didn't feel comfortable making decisions for people who he did not know. We tried to assure him that we were friends with people from the mosque, from the synagogue, from other religious communities, and that we were empowered to speak for them, for we had already formed the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship. But Mr. Keller said that he would rather that they come to the planning meeting. And so we all agreed with Mr. Keller that Reverend Hilliston or Reverend Crouch or I would bring a Jewish or a Muslim man to the next meeting to decide how best to include their prayers. At that meeting, I made sure the cantor from the Jewish synagogue was going to be present, but Mr. Keller had different ideas. He brought along people that we had never seen before at that meeting, and he resisted talking about Jews or Muslims for at least 40 minutes. Finally, when we pressed him, he said, this is a Christian worship service. It would be inappropriate for people of other religions to be praying at a Christian worship service. He had inadvertently insulted the Jewish man present, and the cantor left. Reverend Hillison and I tried to convince Reverend Keller to think differently, and it was useless. A day later, I tried again to call Reverend Keller and talk with him, but he was adamant. He had decided that he did not want to create an event that was civic in nature. He wanted to create a Christian worship service, and that was good. It is good that Christians gather together for worship. But the problem was that he had not wanted it initially to just be a Christian worship service. He had initially wanted it to be an expression of the faith that binds all the citizens of Muncie together. He wanted it to express what he saw as the civic virtues of Muncie and was disconcerted to find out that there was more diversity than he had admitted in our city, in our community. Of course, the newspapers made a big deal out of this difference of opinion. Reverend Keller and I had decided that we obviously couldn't work together, so we needed to have different events, that he was focused on Christian worship and that I was focused on, and I and many other people were focused on developing civic virtues. It's a good thing that Mr. Keller wants Christians to pray for our nation and to uphold the strength and protection that he knows God gives to this nation. But I think that our nation is founded on more than just those who are faithful Christians. I want to nurture that interfaith fellowship. When soldiers are preparing for battle, they do not ask each other, what is your religion, and decide whether or not they're going to fight side by side based on their religion. They do not separate into Muslim or Christian regiments. They fight side by side because they have a shared identity, a shared identity that comes from uh, a common civic citizenship. And so it should be in Muncie. On this day that has been established by the federal government, we need to affirm our civic, our civil, our citizenship that binds us together. Finally, I wanted to say that it is much more important to do something than to simply say something on a day like this. It's very easy for people to say, I'm tolerant of Jews or Muslims, uh, tolerant of the fact that they are in this country, or even to accept that they are citizens 
They are part of this nation, part of your community. But words alone are never enough. Unitarian Universalists have long held the idea that it is deeds, not creeds, that express your faith. It derives from uh, the Christian scriptures where it says, by your works, your faith is shown. So if you are to affirm freedom of religion, if you were to affirm the rights of the minority, if you were to affirm shared citizenship in Muncie, then you need to do something, not simply say that you're in favor of it. And by coming together with other people on the day of prayer, coming together with people of diverse backgrounds and affirming that the diverse prayers that we offer are all for each other, for one another, for all of us together as a nation, then by your act, you will have shown a deeper faith and a greater power that transcends all religions, that binds us all together, and that makes our nation great. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolfe, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.